You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello world, welcome back to Mission Lab. This is a very significant episode. As you already know, we've reached a milestone here. We are at episode 100, yay! Confetti drops, the crowd cheers, everyone goes wild. It's been quite a journey. It's been about four years of episodes. Um, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, we have over 30,000 downloads. I have been tempted uh, over the last little bit to do an episode where I talk about the top downloaded episodes, but maybe I'll do that in the future. What I wanted to do today is to get a little nostalgic. Um, those who know me know that I tend to get nostalgic and um, I uh, can get really sentimental. And the other, I think in, in, in some ways it's important to do that because it allows you to remember the, all the awesome things that have happened in especially moments of discouragement. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was actually soon after um, that experience with our neighbor, um, who left for us the uh, cranberry bread and the kind thank you card for helping clear out her driveway, I just started reflecting on all of the great times we've had over the last few years. So let me set the scene for you a little bit as well. On January 18 uh, of this year, we celebrated, and we're just this year is full of milestones, we celebrated 10 years since we moved to Bangor. 10 years, a decade, a full decade. We have lived in the same house for a full decade. The second longest uh, place I've lived, which is quite amazing. So fully one quarter of my life has been spent living in this home and living in Bangor, pastoring here. So that's pretty cool, pretty significant and uh, it's been quite a journey in many ways, not only figuratively, but literally our time here in Bangor has been basically a tale of two halves, literally five years. It's literally at the five-year mark is when we had what I would call my or our missional rebirth. That's kind of what I've been calling it. Um so that like, yeah, th that's the other milestone is 10 years ago, we moved in and then March of 2016, which was five years ago, we started down this missional path. And so um, it's been a long journey. It's in some ways, it feels like it's been a short journey, but all that got me to be reflective and as I said, I think it's important to do that because um, as kind of when you look down on 
at the ground where you are presently and you think, oh, it's not where I want to be. I felt like we would be farther along than what we are. And, you know, our church would be just bursting with disciples and we would have a hundred missional communities and we'd be impacting our city to, you know, such dizzying degrees. And you look and you say, well, uh, we're not there. So maybe we haven't really done much. Then you start recounting all of the awesome things that have happened, um, you know, since you started on this journey. And so I decided to just start writing down all of my favorite moments, my favorite experiences, my happiest times over the last five years. And I started writing and Camille will tell you and a lot of other people who know me will tell you when I start writing, it's just like I don't stop. So in a span of about 30 minutes, I wrote down about five pages of very specific moments. I will not go through all of those with you right now. Do not worry, dear listener. I won't go through all those with you. In fact, there's a lot that I don't want to share anyway because I have at some point in the near, hopefully future, I have a new book coming out um, talking about all of uh, these missional ponderings and um, stories, a lot of them filled with that. Uh, even, even by the way, even that five pages probably doesn't even cover half of what um, I could have written down because there's just been so many awesome experiences and it's been such a blessing. It's been easily the last five years have been the best five years of my life for many different reasons. Um, awesome with our children as well. Love them so much. They're so awesome. See them grow and they have all such sorts of fun times with them. But you know, when you, when you, when you finally step into your calling and you realize what God has gifted you to do and, and you've realized what you're truly passionate about, oh man, that's where you hit the sweet spot. And so that's where I've been. Um, it hasn't been all roses and bunnies and good times. But easily, by and large, it's been, there's been a lot more ups than downs. And so it's been such an incredible blessing. Um, you know, I think I mentioned before a few episodes ago that I, I, I write in a prayer journal and I read back at older entries. And, oh, man, I, I, I was just recently reading my journal from 2010, 2009, 2011. And, oh, man, that... If it, it looks like a dark world. Like you're looking back and you're just like, oh man, I was so narrow in my understanding of life and of ministry and of church. And like my world was so small. And I just think, oh, thank God that I have gotten to a much better place now. Not as though I've arrived. I'm sure in 20 years, I'll look back at 2021 and I'll be like, ooh, I didn't really know much and what a small, narrow world that was, but I don't think so. I think I've I finally hit my stride. So anyway, what I want to do, and maybe this means nothing to you and you'll just like, it won't be all that meaningful to you and, and it won't produce the warm feelings of fuzziness that it, that it has for me. What I want to do is just share um, briefly, I'm gonna try to keep this brief, but I want to share with you five memories that stand out to me over the last five years that um, 
that really, uh, oh man, they really resonate with me. They make me feel all warm and happy inside. These were honestly probably um, five of the most happiest occasions of my life. Honestly, I'll just put it that way. Um, yeah. And so I was actually telling Camille, I was telling Ellie, I was telling others recently that we should just have like a, a session where we, where we talk about all the things that, uh, all the, all the exciting times we've had on this missional journey the last few years. Cause it really just reminds you of, of how awesome it has been to be doing this. And it really inspires you to keep on going. Cause here's the thing. Many of these experiences over the last five years are in some ways incomplete. It's not as though, um, all of a sudden all these people have joined our church that we've journeyed with and that, you know, they're, um, you know, now disciple making disciples, most of the stories, in fact, some of the people like some of the, the connections have kind of gone a little cold um, recently just for various reasons. And so it's tempting to think, oh, man, well, why would I be, be excited about that? But, you know, a couple things in the moment, it was just so electric. It was so energizing. And um, and then secondly, it's just a blessing to be a part of these things regardless of outcomes because we don't know ultimately what the eternal outcomes will be for anybody. So just to be a part of that is a blessing. I think I've shared um, that in the past. The Joy of Discipleship was an episode where we talked about that. Uh, There was another one recently, very recently, uh, called... What is what was it called? Uh, Playing with house money um, was one of them. So even even though they are incomplete and um, yeah, I don't know. There's so even though they were incomplete, they were still powerful and energizing, electric and just happy in the moment. And I tend to be a sad person at times. Some people can tell you. So just allowing me to be in this happiness. I trust you will allow me to do. Some might be tempted to have foreboding joy, which I'm known to have, and that is you can't rejoice in the good things because you're afraid they'll be taken away from you. But anyway, I just want to rejoice. This is kind of what I'm going to do for the 100th anniversary. As I said, some of these stories will be in our uh, my new book coming up sometime soon. I'll have many others in that book. Um yeah. So anyway, here we go. I, I don't know. These are these aren't. If I were to really like try to um, distill it down and choose my five favorite memories, um, I uh, might not choose these exact ones. But these are the ones that have jumped out at me the most. The five ones that have jumped out at me the most. Okay. So here we go. So number one, we're going back now, literally to that first meeting. In, it was actually March 18, 2016. We had just formulated a quote-unquote church planting team. And we met on a Friday night at um, Cameron and Ellie's home. Beautiful home. So 
It was there in, uh, in a town called Orrington. We were there. We were meeting. We were about to launch. We were, we, we were, we were meeting to launch a new church, plant a new church. We had no idea what we were doing. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but we met that night, and there was about, oh, 10 to 12 of us. And it was simply electric. I don't know what it was. I described it on the very first episode of this podcast. Um, we sang, we prayed, we shared, we talked about being outward focused as a church. And um, that was the point. That was the, that was the launching point. March 18, 2016, that was the launching point of our, um, our missional journey. And uh, everything kind of has been uh, an outworking of that first night. And I remember going to bed that night, and I've described this multiple times. I remember going to bed that night um, just kind of like, in a, in a, in, in cloud nine, I was like, wow, what was that all about? And as I said, that kind of prompted largely like that set the tone and it literally just was the foundation to everything that came after. Um, as we realized that church didn't have to be really anything different than that. Why did it have to be a program? Why did it have to be a building? Why did it have to be um, about strict uh, intellectual dogmatic indoctrination? Not to diminish the importance of doctrine and dogma. Don't get don't misunderstand me. But um, it was just a a pivotal significant moment. And, uh, it was, it was such a powerful moment. So that was number one, March 18, 2016 in the living room of Cameron and Ellie's home in Orrington, Maine, just outside of here at Bangor. And, uh, it was powerful, 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 powerful. So the second memory, this one's a little harder to pin down, but I do remember a specific moment. It was not long after we started our church planting team, which of course turned into a missional community. And we've, you know, that's all well documented how that happened. We won't go into all the ins and outs, but essentially we went from being a planting team that was going to start an attractional program centric church to a missional community that sought to do life together and make disciples. And not long after we started the planting team, um, we had our friend Tom, who has been on this podcast before. He started joining us at our Friday night meetings. And he, as he shared on the podcast, had been a long time uh, agnostic. And um, he started meeting with us and he immediately endeared himself to us and we to him. And, um, I remember specifically one Friday night, we were talking about the gospel and he was bringing out insights that somebody who has been a 
follower of Jesus for 60 years, a devoted follower of Jesus, um, he was bringing out insights that they would not seemingly come up with. And I remember his wife, Judy, very specifically, she just stood up. She could not believe herself. She'd been praying for Tom for 30 years. She just stood up and she just, she could not believe. She's like, what is, who is this man? And she was just like, yeah, just like so um, amazed at what he was saying. And we were all amazed. We were like, wow, what is this all about? Um, it was just like, again, it was like another little indication that God was on the move and that the the sharing of life and the being family together and the safe providing the safe space was the was I don't know the secret sauce the magic bullet the it was what was missing um, and so that that was an early um, that was an early, also early uh, kind of just reminder that this was the way to go. And of course, we started sharing more and more life with Tom and we love Tom and he's like, you know, a grandfatherly figure to our children and he's just awesome. And he's continued to be a part of our missional community and church since then. Um, so that was a very, very exciting and pivotal moment and I just remember, again, going to bed that night and just like when those things happen, it's just like, well, I can't sleep because I'm just daydreaming and I'm I'm just amazed at what God God has done. So that was that that was the second of of five memories that really um, just really resonated with me. Uh, number three, again, some of these actually most of these stories will come in my forthcoming book and i hate uh i hate um giving uh surrendering my element of surprise and i want you to read these things for the first time but um but uh number three and as i'm as i'm saying these i'm thinking of others ones and i'm like oh that one might even be better but number three was also a very very pivotal moment um i think it was January or February ish of 2017 sounds about right. Um, and that is, we did something called the story of God. And that was our missional community decided to do a telling of, uh, God's, big story where, you know, we've, we've explained this before, but for those who haven't been listening from the beginning of this podcast, shame on you. No, just kidding. Um, but you could go back and probably find something along those lines. I think I did, uh, did I do a whole episode called the story of God? Uh, I'm looking back as I, yes, episode 40, episode 40, go back. I, I, I do a telling of the story of God. That's a very brief, um, telling of it and there is basically what we were doing is we were doing like i don't think it was seven to ten uh different telling uh different episodes in it back then but what we decided to do is, was the story of god where we invited our unchurched friends to join us on saturday afternoons at cameron ellie's house and we had food 
We had fellowship. We had one person sharing their story. Um, we had singing. It was just really, really powerful, really good. And uh, we had a couple of our friends, very specifically, that we invited to come. And we'd known them for a long time. And um, they hadn't necessarily um, revealed any religious or spiritual interest. And again, I shared the story in the book and I got their permission to share it. So I'll, I'll share it here. Our friends, Sarah and Luke, um, Camille and I had been friends with them and Sarah might be listening. I don't know. She used to be my most faithful listener. Hello, Sarah, if you're listening. And anyway, we were doing the story of God and initially we were like, I'm not sure if this is resonating with them. And we were, I, I was trying to figure out, okay, is this resonating? Are they enjoying this? Are they not enjoying this? And, um, I think it was probably the third or fourth week. Finally, Sarah spoke up and she said, I'd like to say something. And we just listened in hushed tones and, um, not even hushed tones. I'm not even sure that's the word I'm looking for. We just were silent. All eyes were on Sarah. And she said, you know, I was telling Luke on the way over here that this is the most loving group of people I've ever been around my whole life. And I, my jaw just like hit the floor and she's like, I'm not, I'm not talking about just religious group. She just said any group. And, um, it was just like, and, and she was just saying, I just love being here. I love being with you. This is such a safe group. You have such interesting discussions. And, um, again, it was like, whoa, that is really powerful and awesome. And, and, um, like, God's kingdom is breaking in. And um, again, it was like one of those cloud nine experiences. And uh, so that was really, really powerful. That was memory number three. Memory number three. So my fourth, and again, I could keep going forever here, but I don't want to bore you. Uh Number four, number four, I'm going in chronological order here. Although again, like I said, there could be so many other ones that I plug in here. Number four, September 15, 2018, September 15, 2018. So this, um, this does not contradict our missional uh, our missional community emphasis, it can, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to. And that was September 15, 2018, the launch of our restarted church. And, and I could tell a whole story surrounding this. I have before told a little bit of the context and, um, you could go back if you have not listened to kind of the story behind the story there, but um, you can go back to, I'm looking here, and I don't see, I'm not a very organized person, uh, restart, episode number 61, and then ex episode number 65, um, you can go back and listen to those, but kind of tells the story behind the story of restarting. But after the, the bottom line is after two or three years of doing the whole missional thing, the whole missional community thing, we, we like, we had to 
combine that with the rest of the existing church instead of planting a church. And we just said, if we're going to survive, we've got to keep, you know, we got to keep moving forward and we got to kind of restart and replant and reset the whole church. And so after about nine months of planning, plotting, preparation, we finally got to a point where we were ready to restart. And that was a whole journey. And I, in my, my, my new book uh, that will be coming out, this is not an advertisement for my new book, but it happens to come up a lot. I don't know what's going to come out. So it's not a very good time to advertise for it, but I tell a lot more of the story behind the story with the restart of our church. But all that is to say that on the launching the first Sabbath gathering, September 15, 2018, um, that was when we restarted and there was a, there was just an electricity in the room when we restarted that Sabbath. I remember, you know, there was a lot of people who attended, which, you know, the numbers kind of stayed high for quite a while, although they dipped off, which is a whole other story. And I've talked about it before, how I started getting focused again on Sabbath attendance, but, um, Man, it was just like so powerful and and it was a, a reformatted worship service and we had lots of friends from the community who who joined us and and a number that continued to join us and um uh, people who were from all stripes of religious or non-religious persuasions and uh I remember by the way before that um I don't know, the, the, the promotional video we made, I don't know if you've seen it. You go to our website, bangorsda.org. Uh, the table I long for was the kind of the, the saying, which if I have my way will be the title of my new book. But that was the kind of this mantra that we recited as a promotional video for our church. And oh man, I just remember watching that. And um, even to this day, when I hear the music, I see it, I'm like, oh man, that was such a good, powerful awesome time, made me happy. And, um, there was some of our friends that hadn't been a part of our church. They, in the community, they'd watched it. And one, one of our friends said, Oh man, I watched that video like 10 times. Another one of our friends said, I think you, you've restarted this church just for me. I watched that video and it's so good. And I want to be there. And, um, anyway, it was, it was a very, it was like, I could go back a few months to July 17, 2018, when we had the business meeting that finally, uh, like finally settled the fact that we were going to restart the church. And it was somewhat of a battle getting to that point. And the reason I remember it was July 17 is because that's Camille's and my, uh, wedding anniversary. And I remember being anxious as we went to that meeting because I was afraid that some of kind of missing inactive members were going to show up somehow for some reason and kind of like sabotage the whole process. And, and that didn't happen. And I just remember being so, it was like a huge sigh of relief, like three or four years had been building up to this moment. And, um, yeah, I just remember going to bed that night, July 17, just so, grateful to God that it worked out. And then 
September 15, um, yeah, similarly, just so, so powerful. So that was memory number four. There Again, there's been so many other ones. I could do a whole book and a whole podcast. Uh, I am doing a whole podcast. I could do a whole other podcast, five other podcasts. And so there's so many others that um, I would love to mention. Some of them are a little more personal. And uh, so I don't want to share by personal, I mean, involving other people whose stories may or may not, um, they may not want me, me to share. But number five, this is the most recent one, but it feels like a lifetime ago because in many ways, it was a lifetime ago. And I would give anything, anything. I wouldn't give anything. I don't want to be too dramatic. I would give a lot to be able to restore these moments as we are now in the middle of a pandemic or hopefully not the middle, hopefully towards the end of it. But um, it's funny, just a little side note. Soon after the pandemic started and we weren't meeting on Sabbaths um, and we were going out to do family hikes at Acadia National Park um, or we were going to other places to do hikes. There was a part of me where I said, man, I am so glad. Actually, it was a big part of me where I said, man, I am so glad that we don't have to be putting on any degree of programming anymore, um, at our, you know, on Sabbath mornings, because even though we're not a program-centric church, there is still some level of production you have to do. And I remember just thinking to myself, oh man, I do not miss that at all. I hope we never have to go back to that. Well, here I am almost, I don't know, 10 months later. And I was saying to somebody the other day, I would give up so much to just be able to have one of those beautiful, powerful Sabbath gatherings again. And, um, so this is this was the last memory I'm going to share. It was, um, what, 14 months ago, October. I don't remember the exact date. October of 2019. So, man, it seems like just yesterday on the one hand, but in in many ways it was a lifetime ago. It was right, you know, a few months before the pandemic really struck which again, seems like very short time ago, but also ages ago. Um, and it was, uh, I know this maybe sounds self-serving, but it was Pastor Appreciation Month. And unbeknownst to me, actually I'm gonna tell you the exact date, it was October 12, 2019. I'm looking at a post I shared on Instagram. I mean, it's to me, uh, some of my dear leaders had organized a big Sabbath um, uh, for recognition and appreciation of yours truly. And um, so it was a big crowd was there on a Sabbath. There was a lunch planned afterwards. You know, kids were running around. There was energy. There was excitement. You know, there was incredible fellowship and music and 
uh, it was just really, really powerful. As much as I, um, as much as I am all about missional, small, intimate missional gatherings and homes, there is really something, I keep using the word powerful, energizing, electric, but I don't know of other words. There's just something really exciting about having a room full of, of open-hearted, um, grace-focused, Jesus-centered, and, and even those who aren't consciously Jesus-centered, uh, people who are just open, people who want to be in fellowship, people who, who are leaning in. And so that's what I would give. I, I would give so much to be able to experience that again. And I'm not talking about 500 people. I'm talking about like 60 people, 70 people. I would love that where you can sing together. You can hug each other. You can share food together. And, uh, and I'm not just saying this because of COVID, why this is such an important memory. This is, this is literally maybe one of the happiest moments of my life. So they all bought me a new guitar. And I, I don't know if I've shared this before. But my old guitar had been beaten up pretty badly. And they, the church pooled their money together and they bought me a new guitar. They presented it, with, presented it to me. And one of the most meaningful parts of it as well was um, my friend Jonathan was the one who presented it to me. He was the one who bought it. He, well, you know, he didn't buy it himself, but he, on behalf of the church, he was the one who picked it out for me. He put a lot of time into it. And you just have to know Jonathan to appreciate the story fully. He's such a nice guy. Um, he and his wife had started uh, journeying with our church um, when we restarted it. And so they had kind of uh, assimilated into church with us. And um, he, he actually spoke from up front, which is not, he's not much of an upfront speaker. And he just shared the process of how he chose the guitar. And um, I think what was so meaningful to me was this was now a little over a year after we had restarted. And it was, it was a, a moment of realization that people were buying into the vision. People were buying, in, buying into the mission. People were, were embracing our values um, because they were showing up and they were, they were affirming by putting their money together. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, you know, someone knows the truth. Maybe it was like one person that actually put in all the money. I don't know. But just let me live in, in my dream world. But it was just, yeah, it was just like, man, this is happening. This is working. People are, people are, uh, are, are investing in this journey and in this process. So, you know, recently I came to a place where I realized it was okay to admit that I feel happy when people praise me, when people affirm me. I think for the longest time, I thought it was it was bad to admit that. And so I always denied it and never even could identify that. 
And um, I'm learning that I'm robbing God of his glory when I pretend that it doesn't make me happy when people um, are grateful for the things I've done. And that's a whole other podcast, a whole other story. But no one wins when we do not when we do not take some type of joy in the thought that something we have done made some level of difference. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but, um, you know, when, when it's all said and done, and I've been reading this in a book lately, um, in C.S. Lewis, The Weight of Glory, um, when it's all said and done, God is going to say, and, and Lewis is quoting Jesus here, of course, God is going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And um, it's wrong to expect that we will receive the fullness of our reward before then. But I think as little times of encouragement, God gives us those tastes now. And it was kind of like our neighbor giving us that cranberry bread and, and uh, thank you card. It's like just little winks from God saying, hey, I know like 90% of the time you feel like you're not really doing much and 90% of the time it feels like you're not going anywhere. But here's a little wink just to just to remind you that that the work you're doing is making a difference. And um yeah, I'm I'm getting really vulnerable here. Thank you for listening. But man, that was just a happy 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 time for me. And I would love to recapture that. Um so those are the five ones that stand out to me the most. 10 years of pastoring in Bangor, 5 years of missional journey, 100 episodes of Mission Lab. And uh, those are the ones that stand out to me. I'd invite you to take stock and like praise God for the things that he has done for you, in you, and through you. That's one of the practices I'm trying more and more to do. As I said, I don't have to always beat myself up and pretend, oh, you haven't done anything good and, and not even pretend, but feel that way. Like, oh, you haven't done anything and you have to constantly be humble and you have to always like put yourself down and like honestly praising God for the things he's done through you. Like, like yeah, you made a difference in somebody's life. You helped them. You mowed their lawn. You brought them cookies you and these seem like such silly insignificant things and and I'm not trying to exaggerate them but celebrating the fact that you are responding to God's and the spirit's initiative and that you are allowing God to use you and actually I hate that term use I've been trying to steer like God doesn't want to use you. He wants to have fellowship with you. But but you are cooperating. You're like joining up with God and you are actually like partnering with him. Like that's that's to be celebrated. 
So maybe I'm just talking to myself here. I'm rambling. But those are my five, five of my favorite memories over the last five years since our missional rebirth. And I don't know if they meant anything to you, but thank you for indulging me that I can be a little nostalgic. Thank you guys for being a part of this journey. Um, the occasional, and I do mean an occasional, not to like um, badmouth our listeners, but the occasional note that says, hey, I've enjoyed Mission Lab. I've been blessed by it. I've been inspired by it. Those keep us going as well. Um, your downloads do as well. But um, thanks, guys, for being such an important part of this journey. We would not be still doing it if nobody was listening. Um, so thank you. Hope this was a blessing. Hope it was a little bit inspiring. I hope that the next five years are even better than these last five years. I hope the next 100 episodes are reflection of even better times than the first 100 episodes. So thank you guys. Love you all. Take care. I wish I had a catchy tagline here at the end that I could say every time, but I don't. Until next time, uh, be missional, I guess, maybe I could start saying. Either way, have a good week. Have a good life. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at M Lab Podcast.